0: So these are our options death by drowning death by russian or death by monster or you could choose the fourth option of death by studio interference allow the cast of cthulhu to be your guide to the world of cinematic lovecraft inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific i'm jim roner
1: and i'm james mccormick
0: and today we'll be talking about 2015's harbinger down written and directed by alec guinness um of course in our episode on the thing we teased that this one would be the next episode but because of scheduling things obviously we did Necronomicon colon Book of Dead first. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Book and so dead. we are now it is now back to just James and I talking about the the um, aforementioned Harbinger Down, um, which if you recall, a little bit of background information on that Amalgamated Dynamics Inc. was a company hired to do practical effects for 2011's The Thing. That company was, I I believe, started by Stan Winston or was it Rob Botin?
1: Um Shit. Could have swore it was Stan.
0: I think, I think it was Stan Winston.
1: Yeah, I think it was Stan. Um,
0: but kind of started by him. Yeah, I even have here my notes. I should have just looked one line down. Um, <laughs> Stan Winston, Alec Guinness, and Tom Woodruff. Um, they were hired to do practical effects for 2011 is the thing. For some reason, I guess based on notes from um, group uh, screenings, they chickened out, had all the practical effects painted over with CGI's to give us the subpar quality that we now know for 2011's The Thing. Um, and so after the, release, uh, after the release of it, ADI actually uploaded to YouTube a bunch of behind-the-scenes videos of their practical effects. And the response from fans was so overwhelming that they launched a Kickstarter to you know, start a film basically to create a film based on, on not the effects they use specifically for the thing, but just to kind of show off, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're capable of. This is what we can do. Yeah. And, um, you know, the goal was to raise 350,000. They raised $384,181, making it the most successfully funded sci-fi slash horror project in the history of Kickstarter. Uh, the money raised was uh, you know, sufficient, sufficient to cover what they called the nuts and the bolts of the film yeah. as the effects um, were created by Gillis and Woodruff really at their own expense. Um, and so uh, a lot of money went into, I'm sure, the effects, or not even the effects, but like production design, um, casting people, all that kind of stuff. Low budget movie, listen, they raised their goal, but 384000 is still not a lot of money for a feature film, especially right. a horror film. Um, and I think you can kind of see that in it because the film currently sits at a 38% critic score on Rotten Tomato with a 19% audience score yeah. and um, an IMDb rating right now of 4.6 out of 10 stars, um, which is not great. And I don't think that this movie is great, but I also don't necessarily think it's bad.
1: No, it's, def- um, it's definitely not bad. It's definitely not bad.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, in my opinion, um, the low budget nature of it kind of comes in in two ways. And you know, and listen, Alec Gillis, he's not a writer director. He's an effects guy. Exactly. Um, but he wanted to be the creative driving force behind this to kind of show like this is what we can do. This is what we're capable of. And really, the the script for the most part is kind of kind of a, a direct copy of, like, if you took half of the script from Alien and half of the script from Thing and taped them together... Yeah. You have, you have Harbinger down. I mean, it's, you know, um, a mixture of some scientific research people, but also some blue-collar workers who are on a quest to discover something and something else, something alien, sidetracks them, and it is this thing that wreaks havoc and kills everybody. So... Um, really a a lot of like tonal vibes of alien, but a lot of the narrative arc or or the narrative beats is kind of really pulled from the thing, which I mean, you know, kind of makes sense. But in my estimation, not estimation, but in my opinion, it feels low budget in really the, the casting. I I mean, you you have Lance Hendrickson, which I mean, you're always going to get quality out of him. You know, it just, it's just to, and you know, he plays the the surly grandpa boat captain kind of guy who brings a gravity to the scene and is supposed to with his relationship um, with his granddaughter, uh, Sadie, who's played by Camille Balsamo, who is not someone you recognize from anywhere, um, is kind of the emotional core of the movie. Um, And then everyone else is just kind of, um, I have to imagine non-professional actors. You don't see them popping up in a lot of other places. And they're all kind of like, central casting one dimensional kind of like you have the big lug with the heart of gold you have the the cold hearted russian woman you have um kind of the token black guy unfortunately yeah um yeah and 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 so like and the and the only other kind of really recognizable actor is a guy named Matt Winston who is the the dickhead academic type who I, I I recognize. He's been in a whole bunch, but I recognize, like, oh, he's the MC from Little yeah, Miss Sunshine. That,
1: that's exactly where Corinne, Corinne came in. Heard the voice of him talking. Mm-hmm. Came into the room and goes, oh, he's in this? Little Miss Sunshine? I'm like, yeah, he's a real piece of shit in this film. Um, <laughs> he's so annoying. <laughs> like, your, your note was perfect. Fucking annoying. <laughs> so, like, you really, you I, I guess you need. Yeah, you do.
0: You, you need a you need a human antagonist. You need something to drive that tension until you know, because once the creature thing arrives, there are, there has to be that pre established tension between the people already. So he is the the primary source of it until uh, a twist near the end, which we'll get
1: to. Yeah. Um. But he's just a he's a he's a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like like and it's funny too because in the beginning he's kind of like a fun dick. You know. You're like okay. He, yeah. He's like that that intellectual that doesn't fit into this you know, blue collar world. And then it just, it just takes his turn. Like, you know, how dare you take, you know, I'm the professor, you know, you're my student. I'm going to, be- and he's like, even like Lance Hendrickson's just like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, like yeah. <laughs> he, no, no, what'd he say? I'm going to, I'm going to bite your nose off.
0: It <laughs> starts out as a guy that you kind of just roll your eyes at and then becomes a guy where it's like, kid, can you kill him? Please. Can this be the first man to die?
1: And he's the second one though. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, and, but, but also it well, doesn't even feel like. But his death also isn't that satisfying. No, I mean he's suffering in that, and it's a cool scene. But it's like it comes out of nowhere, though, because it's like other people had interactions with this. I mean, I guess we should say what 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 the uh, how the film starts, which is
0: yeah, they're they're on a they're it is a a uh, a crabbing ship um, yeah. that also on board that crabbing ship is I guess Lance Henriksen is doing a favor for his granddaughter. That is as a mm-hmm. small scientific team. That is basically just like um kind of doing research on changing climate conditions and how it affects uh, whales, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: so they've crabbed, you know, they've got their their perfect storm, huge haul of uh like two hundred tons of crabs, um, and they you know they uh, are are you know delayed also because they are going through some nasty weather, but um while doing research they discover a weird kind of beacon frozen under the ice, which is from a um a Russian. Uh, ship which crashed way back in June 25th 1982 which is the title at the beginning of the film which is also I mean that's the date the thing was released so a fun little like hey you know I like uh, like that we we appreciate where it came from and it is one of a few callbacks the the chest computer from the thing is in Mm -hmm. this movie yeah um LV-426 is a, a code for something in here, which is obviously from aliens and the little drinking bird thing from aliens is, is in here as well. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they are very much aware of their influences where they came from. And that's, that's something that I, that I super appreciate. Um, but it also is, is um. the good and the bad when it comes to the low budget nature of it, so it, it was shot on a, a Blackmagic 4k camera, which especially back in 2012 was innovative, but also still they're working out, you know, digital filmmaking technology was not where it was today right the black magic i don't know if you james or listeners if it was, like it's it's you can fit it in your pocket basically like, it is a small actual like consumer not prosumer grade um digital camera and as you can see like it, it it works kind of well in low light scenarios but when there's like a lot of light pumped in you can kind of see the grain in the digital feel of it like yeah. you know Um, in those cool scenes, they do, they do the same smart things that the filmmakers from the void did where you largely see the creature in the dark, um, quick shots, single light source, flashlight flares, whatever, um, to kind of like, you get a sense of what this thing is, but you're not looking at it for too long. Right. Uh, because then if you do, you'll start seeing, like, you'll start noticing like, oh yeah, this does kind of look a little wonky. (laughs) Um, but with a, a camera like the Black Magic, especially in, in harsh lighting conditions, it would really kind of like, you know, you know, I'm sure you, you've you all experienced it where like early digital films, like it feels digital and there's like a, an element of like, this feels too real. And it, I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it doesn't have that kind of cinematic look to it and you really see that with the with the scenes in this movie when there's a lot of like a lot of light pouring on people
1: no exactly i mean you know they're, they're using what they could especially like you said earlier three hundred eighty-four thousand for the nuts and bolts i mean i don't know how much that camera was but because you're saying it's so small it probably wasn't that expensive like compared to like the red camera and other things that yeah. were, were making the The more quote unquote cinematic rounds of like filmmaking at the time, a little before and after this time. And of course, you know, this is 2015, right? This came out
0: 2015. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So eight years ago, the advancements have been insane, like since Mm -hmm. then, of course. So if they made this film today, it probably would be shot better. But but, and, and, you know, but but that's, you know, I like you always say, like it's not really a knock on them. It's just it doesn't look as cinematic as it could have, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 and I, I mean, granted, and I'm also not saying this is the Dark Ages of digital. I mean, oh, 2007, Fincher was shooting on like the Viper for Zodiac, and like, oh my God, this looks amazingly cinematic. And sure, the Red, um, you know, Soderbergh was shooting Che and that kind of stuff years earlier. So like, yes, it was, it was there. But also, I think if you wanted to buy Black Magic 4K right now,
1: yeah, it
0: would cost you maybe 1,200 bucks, oh, probably less than that. That's great. Um, yeah. you know, the 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 most when it comes to cameras that you want to spend are on the lenses to make it look. Really nice, but I, I mean, yeah. like I said, they were working with what they had, and I can't knock them for that, especially as a guy who has never made any feature film. So you know, hey, who am I? But it him. is, but it is, and and you can see, like, yeah, Alec Gillis once again, not an effects guy, or he is an effects guy. He's not a director, and so some of the performances are really kind of one-dimensional, cringy. The dialogue is a bit like, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, everyone, um, everyone fits a um an archetype. You know, yes. and, and and for good and or bad, like, you know, while you have like a Lance Hendrickson, who does a lot with this role, like even like oh, that, yeah. that, that one emotional scene when he talks about, the you know, the grandmother. The passing. have wa- been
0: dead. Yeah, and, and,
1: and, and like, does this film need that or, or, or not even yeah, need it? But you know what I mean? Like he comes out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, that's a really, really nice scene. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know and, and I don't think any of the other actors might have been able to handle that, you know. And yeah. and no one's terrible in it either. It's not but you, like you said, the, the dialogue is just like kind of wince-inducing, corny, cheesy, and like you know, the, the one actor, the the black stereotype, it's just like okay, yeah. you're you're the you're the funny guy. Like it reminds me of like a lot of these similar films, like um Leviathan and you know films I love, but it's always you have like Event Horizon. You always have the funny black guy. And it's like, you yeah. know, okay. He's funny, but like, why is it always the same exact character with the same like, always a pervert? Like, it's it's weird. Like, it's always like that. It's like this is annoying. Like, come on, guys, do yeah, more. Yeah. Do more with the character. Come on.
0: Yeah, and also he's he's got a he's got a fun nickname. His name is Doc, but not because he's a doctor, but because he oh. used to live under a dock. It's like,
1: oh uh, okay. yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and and you know it, but it, it at least. It, it kind of sets up the chess pieces and you kind of you do get a clear sense of when it begins like, OK, this, 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 they're all going to die. Like all of these people are going to die. Yeah, Um. There, there's a bit of a like the the character of Bowman, who is, I guess, supposed to be kind of a love interest. I could you could cut him out and you don't lose anything in this movie because he, no, he yeah. has like maybe 10 lines of dialogue. Like he just he doesn't say or do much until at the end he, you know kind of sacrifices himself or at least gets killed like him and you know him and Lance Henriksen are the last two to die leaving our 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 final girl yeah. to be the final girl but there's a lot more of an emotional connection with Lance Henriksen as as you know her grandpa that like that's all I need to kind of get a, emotionally invested that's all I don't need this generic white dude who's vaguely handsome but also imminently forgettable
1: very forgettable like he's he's kind of like the scientific guy on the ship even though he's still in blue collar but he he's not he's not dumb he's not a dumb no. he knows like something's up too and like or what, what does he say he says something like oh you should be doing sciency things and then of course matt winston's character like sciency you can't just <laughs> jump into it like that Hick- i think he says like hickledy Picklety or something like what so, yeah mm-hmm. like ooh, like, what are you even saying here like yeah you're right i mean i like the big dude the seven foot tall 330 pounder the
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Big G, I think is what they. Yeah, mean. I
1: like I, you know I like to be because re- you know what it is. It, it reminded me of like a um, when a lot of like professional wrestlers start to act in movies and like you know they're, they're a little wooden, but like you could tell like oh, there's potential there. And, and usually he probably play like a a monster like like a like Kane Hodder, but like oh, they gave him a role where he actually gets to talk and act and almost have like a a brief little romantic thing with um the the Russian woman yeah uh, um, um yeah
0: but briefly uh maybe but yeah i mean i mean uh that actor is a, is a guy named winston james francis who yeah. has also appeared on you know he has a type so he shows up on glow as goliath
1: jackson or yeah. he shows
0: up on brooklyn 99 as tank like
1: okay yeah. yeah it's like tiny lister tiny lister always plays big dudes you know like and then once in a while you'll get a weird role like oh he's the president of the world in you know the fifth element <laughs> ha, ha, i get it you know like why would he play that character because it's fun yeah. you know
0: terry cruz is the president of the united states in an um
1: in idiocracy
0: yep idiocracy thank you i was like why i'm i'm blanking one what is that mike judge movie um but yeah i mean you you know who the characters are um with the exception of uh yes our our russian um svet mila bjorn yeah um, which is supposed to be the big twist kind of near the end because it is a Russian spacecraft which crashes and we have to kind of step outside a little bit and just it is at least in the thing yeah and this is one of my complaints with this movie Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't do enough to differentiate itself from the thing like it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it too yeah in the sense of the whole thing with keep just saying thing unintentionally <laughs> but the angle uh with the creature in this movie is very similar to the thing it is an entity which is capable of duplicating itself because uh the the way that it separate that it, it separates itself from this and the thing is that it is not an alien creature it is radioactive or mutated tardigrades these water bears these microscopic creatures which allow whatever they infect to kind of change matter. They can go from physical to liquid to whatever. So they are able to duplicate any kind of person. Right. And while there's a specific, very specific, but you know, not monumental twist like, ah, it's not a creature. It's these microscopic things. It still is. Yes, but the tension is still derived from, are you infected or not? Are right. you someone we have to worry about or not? But also not not done in a terribly effective way. Like Doc is, you know, we, we there's a scene where Svet has caged him and he's like, I'm not infected. It's yeah. not me. Let me out. And then it turns out it is. Right. But for the most part, that tension of like, who could be the thing where everyone's kind of looking at each other, you know, back and forth, that is largely not there because instead there's kind of a ticking clock in the sense of, oh, you got splashed in the face. It's only a matter of time until you turn. So it's... Right. It's borrowing some things from the thing, but not doing enough to kind of really kind of be known as anything other than just a ripoff of the thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. you could have done more with it, especially like the tension. Like if like she shot him or whatever and he ends up not transforming or anything like, oh, shit, you just killed this innocent guy like the thing did. Yeah, but instead it's like I'm not I'm not infected. Yes, you are. Stop it. I'm infected, and it's like in a, ma- in a matter of seconds. And I'm like, oh wait, wait, did, did something? Oh no, he's just infected. He's kill him, I guess. Like, it didn't matter. Like, it was a character you didn't really care about too, so mm-hmm. that kind of doubles up. It like there there was no ticking time clock of is is who's who's infected. It's like we kind of knew he was infected because he drank half the freaking fluid from Mad Win- <laughs> Mad Winston's uh, tentacles coming out of yeah. his back. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like. Okay, so when is he going to turn? And it's like, that's it. I mean, and really, that's other than him and other than Doc, like nobody else, like really transforms. Everyone just gets killed, and then, kind you know, like even like, um, Svet like becomes one with the creature, and and it's a cool, it's a cool looking creature. It kind of and also reminded me of the Void, where you have the head and like it's just kind of a mouth, and it's like okay, that's cool looking, but. You know, while you know, ultimately this is a film I think that while it's not great, it it, it's it's good to throw on like like a Sunday afternoon, like like you don't you don't you know you want to watch something. It's less than an hour and a half. The special effects are cool. You have a cool. You have a couple actors you recognize. And ultimately, like okay, it was you know you you don't you don't feel insulted by it. You go, you kind of think what could have been what could have been more with this film. But at the same time, then you think oh the budget and everything. This was a good first film for a effects guy that I think since then has done only short films. But I think he might be working on a new feature film right now.
0: Well, and he, no. and he's still doing plenty of like oh, effects yeah. work. I mean, and and makeup designs. Like, I mean, he he worked on uh, It chapters one and two. He oh, worked yeah. on Prey, so he he's still he's still getting you know he still knows where his his bread is buttered. Oh yeah, he um, knows,
1: and I think that's why you can tell the difference is like this is something like he likes to do. As, mm-hmm. as like something fun to like actually stretch out his other creativity, like maybe, and it might not be the most creative to us because we're looking at it from a, you know, critic point of view, but for a special effects person coming up with these crazy ideas of creatures and monsters and whatnot, you know, more, you know, I'd rather have a film like this than a lot of the, you know, $300 million budget, just, you know, bland, like snooze fests to me like that right now are not you know this is a, a side thing but not are not making as much money as the studios want and it's like yeah maybe you should be paying these writers more money um yeah well you, you know,
0: know. No, nothing nothing is um but yeah and, and I, I don't get the sense that this is a guy who's like listen i've done all i can as an effects guy i need to move into directing as no. much as he just he kind of felt like he needed to validate, vindicate, redeem himself after the disaster. That was the thing He's like, listen, yeah, this is what we do. Here's what we did. Just kind of get it out of a system. And if he if he never made another feature again as a director, I, I think he it would make sense where he's just like, listen, here's what we're capable of. You guys know this is all for the fans. Now I'm going to get back to doing what I do, but I've at least put out into the world the thing that I had always intended to do and the studio took away from me.
1: Right, and I think that's that's a a good calling card to show, look, this is us without studio interference with the effects and stuff. Everything else is just arbitrary. Like, You've got a better script with these creatures, you probably remember it more. Because, Mm -hmm. oh, these characters are better, these actors are better, whatever you want to say. Now the effects even mean more because it's like you care about certain characters. In this case, it's just like, okay... You know it's fleeting, but it's like good for him. You know, good for the good for the effect studio to try to branch out a little bit and show almost like it's almost like a real for them to show that why 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 screw with our special effects? They're, they're perfectly fine, and we did this ourselves.
0: Yeah, um, and if you if you want to gross me out with practical effects, yeah, and Necronomicon did this as well. Give me something which is translucent where I can see through it and what's going like. Yeah. Twiddling around on the inside. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah and they do yeah, this in yeah. this one. And, and like, but it's a huge thing, and you kind of see sinews and like tentacles around like in all this liquidy yeah. I,
1: I, I yeah, that yeah, when, when the big creature reveal, it's just like, what the hell is that thing? And like I think it still had the cosmonaut as part of it and just drops it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it mm-hmm. doesn't need it anymore. It's like, I don't need that. And yeah, the the head or whatever, it's like the little brain sinews oh god and i like that effect and i also it was a funny effect but also kind of creepy when the legs are just walking and then the te- the the intestine are like growing out and then it runs <laughs> and it runs at fed and just grabs her like <laughs> like i mean it's funny but at the same time if i saw that running at me i'm like i'm dead
0: just no, no. Just,
1: just kill me already
0: <laughs> no, shit, my penis. um no a-, a thousand percent uh yeah and it and it but it's also it's really cool, but also kind of can distract from the fact that in the thing and an alien, these two huge influences, we know a bit about the creatures and what they want for the most part, right? Um, right. Even if it's even if it's as simple as proliferation. Um, Alien is kind of like the perfect, as Ash says, is kind of the the perfect life form. And in the thing, it, yeah. you get the sense it's working towards being able to perfectly duplicate something for the purpose of, you know, there's that computer simulation where you know um, uh, Wilford Brimley is kind of like doing tabulations, and it's like, you know, how long for the entire Earth to be infected? Yeah. And in this, like, it just, it just kind of is. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason as to why why it's doing what it's doing, other than just so that ADI can kind of show you, like, we've got this cool fucking thing. It's going to go from this stage to this stage to that stage. And that's awesome. But also, what what is it doing? What is the threat here for mankind, I guess, if you want?
1: Right. I mean, it's really just, like, the threat is, like, these things are going to be... If they spread, yeah, they'll kill everybody. But it's not... There's no rhyme or reason. I mean, it's a creep You know, it's, a, it's an animal. It's a creature. So it's doing what it knows to do. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just... But, I mean sometimes that's not enough like you want like you know with the thing it, the creature never says I want to take over the world because it is well, you just yeah. you you it explains it in scientific terms and what it's doing and it also like these things aren't really replicating people that well at all <laughs> like like not at all like they they're kind of inside the you know like like doc for example he or, or even Matt Winston's professor they're in yeah. him but then ultimately you know, the professor just gets killed from it. He dies.
0: Yeah. He, he, he there's telltale signs pretty quick that there's something wrong with him.
1: Right. He goes outside. He's like, I'm like, I'm so hot. I can't breathe. And he's ripping his clothes off. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then like doc, it's like, there's no signs, but we know it's happening. And then he just, trans- it's, it's not the same. So that's kind of like a weird thing. Like, wait, so the, each person is a different thing. Like,
0: well, but and the, the thing with Doc is the scene doesn't even play out long enough to right. allow us to give time to doubt whether he is infected or not. It's exactly. just like
1: exactly Svet
0: insists, he says no, everybody shows up, it sprouts Seneca's like, oh, okay. So yeah, I guess there it is. Um <laughs> what I would have loved to have seen in here mm-hmm. um to enhance that tension to cast a cloud over it so that people are kind of more suspicious is a question of can we stop this or not and i'm thinking of right think back to romero's original dawn of the dead or uh no day of the dead from 1983 i think
1: 85 um, 85 85 85
0: okay yeah. um there's a guy who gets bitten they cut off it they right. cut off his arm they cauterize it and she's like i think i got it in time right right and there is that question of can you stop this infection something similar to that like have even bowman who has nothing else to do Maybe he gets infected, he gets something in, like, a wound on him. They do the same thing. And so, like, okay, we've frozen this arm because they know that, like, the liquid nitrogen can stop it. We've frozen the arm, we've cauterized the wound. Will this arm transform on its own, or is there a way to stop the spread? So that you have – you do have that ticking clock or that question as the film goes along, like, is he going to transform or not?
1: Yeah, no, it, it's funny you say it because, like, it reminds me also of <laughs> – of an episode later, a later episode of the uh, British sitcom uh, red, red dwarf where, where it is like uh, an episode. I thought you were
0: going to say absolutely
1: fabulous. No, that, that, that's another one. Um, (laughs) No. So (laughs) that's the one with the tentacles, but uh, (laughs) uh, no, but red dwarf sci-fi in space. So they were, they're always doing weird things. So like they had an episode where it was a disease that actually was intelligent. Like they could talk to it via computer and like it would actually speak. But in order to trick it, like they, they basically, it, it's infected the main character Lister, and he's dying, and the, and the, the, the disease. Is like I just want to kill him. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh-huh. gonna, I'm, I'm gonna kill him, and I'm gonna spread to the rest of you. I don't give a shit. The way they trick it is, the the, the main girl um, Kachansky, says, "Look, take me instead. Like I'm more viable. I'm more healthy. You'll have longer." He's like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Fine." Takes him out. And she ejects her arm, but the trick was that she used a dead arm, and like and sliced off a dead arm from another infected person. And he (laughs) now he's just gonna die in his arm, and you know so it's a funny and it's a funny way to like trick this thing. But like it's a it's a it's something that's infected somebody and is going to keep spreading. And they're trying to they slice off the guy Lister's arm too, but it doesn't help because it's it's spreading everywhere. He's like, oh, I'm in his spleen, I'm in his you know testicles right now. It's like it's jokey, but it's also kind of scary. This could have had, yeah, you're right. It could have had like a cool scene where Bowman or whoever had a little bit of an extra arc to like, what do I do if I'm infected? Like, are we doomed? Or I mean, hell, even the thing does that where if we're infected, are we dead? Or like, who's infected? How do we stop the infection? How do we figure out the infection? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's tension in that. This, there's no tension. It's just, yeah. Infected, no infected, dead, Speared through the 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 chest, you know. Um, the one Inuit guy gets like his, like basically his arm chopped and pulled away. That that's kind of like the, the telltale of like, we don't really have more to to like think about this. Where really all the deaths are, it gets like you either get speared or tentacled, and then you get pulled away to the distance. (laughs) That's like three or four of them are just like oh, and then they're dead, and you're like, okay, like cool that's you know the creatures yeah. are cool but it's nothing there's no tension
0: because doc is the only character that it tries yes. if i'm remembering correctly that it tries to duplicate everything else it just it kills them so right what what is what is this thing doing um
1: yeah there's no there's no rhyme or reason it's just kind of let's just get to the next death
0: yeah it's a little bit muddled and, and you know even in the thing there wasn't a cure but at least they developed the blood test in the sense of we can tell yeah. who is infected and who is not exactly um, and in this and in this it's just kind of like um, I don't know, don't get splashed in the face by...
1: I know. Even Lance Hendrickson, when he gets infected, it's just like a little bit of black like mm-hmm. goop on his face. And he, and he knows right away. He's just like, he's like, just freeze me, please. Just, yeah. just put, you know, I don't want to kill you people. Like, he knows. And, you know, of course, Lance Hendrickson gives it more gravitas than anyone else. So it's like, okay, now I actually believe there's there's some tension here because you don't want him becoming one with the, the tel- you know tardigrade or whatever. But,
0: yeah. And because even then this would, you know, make James happy is, you know, if (laughs) let's say Bowman gets his arm cut off. Yeah. We assume for most of the movie that he's fine. Oh yeah. Lance Henriksen is the last one to go, but Bowman is still alive. The ship blows up. It's the two of them sitting there on the iceberg. There's a ship coming for them to wait and get rescued. And then there's just one shot where you see like his arm growing back. or something. like, Oh fuck. Okay. That would have been amazing.
1: That would have been actually really great. Like, Oh, it's a dark ending, but also like sequel. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's sequel Mm. baiting and also like, Hey, cool! Like you, actually, instead of just uh, she survives and yay.
0: Yeah, then then you could have had the the crossover of Harbinger White House Down, and that's it, the creature is in the White House, dude. And don't, don't, Gerard Butler has to save.
1: You know what? I, I would I would actually pay to see Gerard Butler fighting fighting this <laughs> alien thing in <into> the White House.
0: <laughs> oh I mean, man, I probably would too. I that, it'd be like a Saturday evening like Amazon rental, but yeah, like, yeah. We, we check that one out. Nothing wrong with um, that. This,
1: that, that. That's actually, that, that's a niche right there.
0: <laughs> then of course, as kind of like, as the film is going along and seems like it's losing steam a little bit, there is the reveal that yeah. um, Svet is not the character she has claimed to be. Um, what she actually is, is a um, a Soviet spy. Um, as she says that there are um, many sleeper agents like them kind of all over the world and all throughout history, I guess, that have been searching for this beacon um, not for the purposes of um, re- salvaging it, experimenting on it, doing what you think evil entities or scientific forces would do in a movie like this, but instead seeking it out to make sure it's not found, which is a bit weird because right, yeah. it was crashed and buried below the ice. Couldn't you just assume it wasn't going to be found? Like This is a fluke, admittedly, that they did discover it, but like to, to have people... To have their mission kind of like, let's make sure this thing which is lost stays lost, like, or just assume it's going to stay lost. I, and I, I wondered, like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I understand at least on principle the concept of we have sleeper agents all over the world to find this thing, but how would this Soviet entity, agency, whatever... Know or assume, hey, this crab boat. We need someone on this one. Like, what? Right. Why? I guess because they know the route was going through the Arctic. But it just—it seems so random and inorganic. Um, and that was—that was the—that was, the, was the one kind of big plot thing. Like, this doesn't make a ton of sense to me.
1: Like, it's—it's so—it's so—it is dumb. Because like, because you know, I'm not, I'm not saying every film you have to be logical about, but sometimes mm-hmm. if it doesn't make sense, there's a reason why it doesn't make sense. It's like. Wait, so you knew, or like, where else are they? Like, and it's just kind of ham fisted in there. It's just thrown in, and it's like, okay, because she's bad now, and, and and you have to have a little plot twist of to keep the film going with t- what what their excuses of tension. But like, the tension's funny because like everyone's just sitting there, and they're all kind of like, okay, let's let's just, just okay, we're screwed. But like, and then you start seeing the the creatures come out of that one pipe, all mm. all goopy. But it doesn't even take Svet right away. It takes the um, the young black woman that's with the scientist.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: and, and to me, that's a horrific death, like being pulled through a a pipe because yeah. you're, you're like cause, like because it, it, it kind of reminds me of the the remake of The Blob when the one guy is trying to plunge and the Blob pulls him through the sink, <laughs> and it's yeah. one of the like that's to me that's creepy too because it's something it's like it's something that you hate it's a translucent being pulling no somebody through something that you're not supposed to fit through like, yes like you're not you're not a mouse or a rat that could fit through because your bones are much more pliable yep. our bones are not pliable so you're like oh she's not even like she's just dying in the worst possible way before this thing has even taken her control of her and eating her alive or whatever
0: yeah so it, and it, it <laughs> this too i think is a simple tweak really where listen she's a soviet agent um, let's just say, listen, this thing crashed into in 1982. Yeah. So the Soviets lost the space race in the 60s. The Cold War is kind of, you know, they, they want to get a leg up. So instead they send sleeper agents out here to find this thing to give them a right. biological weapons edge,
1: maybe. That would make more um, sense. Yeah. Like this creature that like could, could like, oh, now we can become triumphant again. Yeah. That, makes, yeah. that That makes more sense. Like you said, oh, we're trying to find this thing to use, not to, Make sure yeah. it's still hidden. Why? Yeah, be- because and then you wouldn't
0: even have to get rid of the whole bombs that we're scattering around. Because instead, like, no, I intended to get on the ship, kill all of you, destroy the evidence, and make it seem like it was an accident. Right. And still, so like, you you still then have the bombs, which are then going to be set up to blow up the ship later at the end. So it's just like, why why make it? We need to make sure this thing remains hidden instead of we want to utilize this thing for our own purposes. Yeah. I, I, it's a simple tweak, but I think it just makes it more threatening and makes it kind of a little bit more believability
1: yeah it's like if like the the winter soldier program like oh wait you know what we actually just want to destroy it even though it actually has been always effective for us and it's actually one of the or or the black widow program you know what i mean it's like maybe like like if you're quote-unquote evil do do the easy evil way like oh no i just need a sample of it so we can like bring it back as a super weapon yeah
0: because (laughs) if your goal was to make sure the thing <laughs> which was frozen in ice and was not going to get out was never found. You're actually doing something good for the planet, right? Yeah, you, you know? like
1: oh, the Russians are pretty good then, right? Like okay, yeah. that I mean, I guess that's the the twist, but it's like you're still going about it in an evil way.
0: She's you know um, on the the D and D grid. Maybe she's instead supposed to be like chaotic good instead of
1: you know, chaotic
0: evil. I'm <laughs> I, not sure, but yeah, yeah, it, it, that that that's kind of like. <laughs> Eh, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: it's a twist that doesn't really make sense. So
0: yeah, and and uh, not not so much a twist like, as a reveal, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, that's better. The one that like oh, that's what you're. That's what we were waiting
1: for. Like oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. But yeah, and then you know, of course, Lance Henriksen the last to go, and when Lance Henriksen shows up in a movie like this, you either know, you you know you know he's not going to stick around.
1: Most probably. I mean, usually he's like dead in the first like half half of the film.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing. Is he going to be one of the first to go? Or is he going to be one of the last? And in this one, he is the last one to go. Yeah. Um, Like we said, supplying that emotional core of like, you know, oh, how's grandma? Like, oh, you know, she's doing fine. And then, and then but in, in a way that makes sense, where like the reveal of your grandma's been dead. I've got nothing left to live for. Let me right. sacrifice myself so you can live. And that's like, oh, that was... I won't say it was an emotional gut punch, but it was like that was a that was an effective beat for me,
1: especially for a film like this where you're not expecting that at all. Like especially when he finally takes the ashes and goes to drop them, yeah. the... It's like, oh my god, where did this come from? Like this is like, and again, it just shows like Lance Henriksen, a a person who did not know how to read. Did you know the, the story about no, that? My oh, god, he no. didn't. He didn't know how to read until in his like like early 30s or 40s. Oh wow! So he would like. Have people read the scripts to him, and he would—that's why he was so good at memorizing. Because oh wow, it's insanity to me. Like where, wait, not only are that, but you're also like, you're really good at emoting and being like this emotional powerhouse. No matter what kind of film you're either, because he's he's great as like this sweet grandfather that just wants to help his granddaughter, and it's like badass, or he yep. could be like the most despicable freaking villain ever, like like in like <laughs> like something like Hard Target or like. Stone Cold, where he's like an action badass. So you're like, oh my god, I don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah, you
0: know. No, th- th- this is this is a guy who when yeah he shows up, you 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 know you're gonna get quality, and that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, exactly. it was also just kind of a fun little synergy and weekend because I I had watched this, and then a couple days later, um, over the July Fourth weekend, yeah. I showed my wife Dog Day Afternoon for the first oh. time, and he's not the slimy, but he is an FBI agent there who. Murders John Cazal, like, yeah, in cold
1: blood at the end. And you're like, Oh my God, yeah, which is a weird. And he just, yeah, that's a a weird twist because, like, I, where I grew up in Brooklyn was that's where the bank was across the street from where I grew up.
0: Was it Canarsie where the bank was, or was it Canarsie where they filmed
1: it? They filmed it in Canarsie, but it was actually, it, it, it took place in, um, the Gravesend Benson area, of Brooklyn.
0: That's okay. Because I I had both Gravesend and Canarsie in my head, and I couldn't figure out which one was yeah, which. Yeah, it's, so. it's
1: a weird a weird thing, because like the bank, of course, changed throughout the years, but oh, sure. it was like across the street, the next block over, like between mm-hmm. um, East 3rd and East 2nd of Avenue P. Okay. I'll give you where I used to live um, in Brooklyn. But uh, yeah, and I knew a, a cop that actually would come to my Best Buy that actually not only did he actually – he was part of that actual, you know, standoff. He actually acted in the film as an extra cop. So he's in that film, which is such a weird story. But like, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I always forget Lance Henriksen's in Dog Day Afternoon. Wow. Yeah, and
0: he, he has very few lines until at the end. And, he, uh, till
1: and, and, minutes. and you remember him that Like like that, I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. He is the guy that kills John Cazale. Because oh he's God. also
0: got the perfect face where you're like, there's something off about this guy, but I can't really put my finger on it.
1: You're right. He he that, And that's what's weird about him. He looks like he's a ticking time bomb, even when he's yeah. not. And you're like, yeah. wait, is he going to? It's kind of like a Michael Ironside where you're like, yes. wait, yeah. mm-hmm. is he bad or good? Yeah. And then when he's good, you're like oh okay cool. okay good yeah. and and you know
0: also just uh, once again a fun little even the casting is kind of a callback or synergy because he's you know bishop and aliens yep. as well so yep.
1: it's that's great yeah it's it's intentional but also they got their money's worth with Lance Hendrickson. like he really oh, yeah. he he gave the he gives the film more of a I guess you could even say cinematic feel like like oh, it's Lance Hendrickson. okay. at least I know he'll be good in this.
0: Yeah, no, it'd be one of those things, like, if I was an indie filmmaker and, it, like, it was my one shot, I'd be like, damn, but we got Lance Henriksen, man. Oh, like, and okay. sure, like, like, 270 directors before have gotten Lance Henriksen.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> of course. But you know what? And, and and it would make sense with the Stan, Stan Winston um, connection, even though I think he had passed away by Yeah, by the
0: time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but,
1: but he, you know, remember, Lance Hendrickson is in Pumpkinhead, which was Stan Winston directing oh, yeah. a film. So okay. a special effects guy directing a film. So knowing Lance Hendrickson, that's probably had a concept. Was like, oh, you know what? I'll help another another special effects guy try to get his start, you know?
0: Yeah, a, a guy who is that prolific, like, mm-hmm. I just kind of get the sense that he doesn't have an ego. He's like, he no. just likes work and like, yeah, whatever. Like, cool.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I've never, I, I, any interview or any, I've never heard anything bad about Lance Hendrickson at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah good for
0: him you know yeah no absolutely that's that's wonderful so i I mean you know he gives he gives a bit of gravity to this movie he gives a bit of heart um which i i think is good because if he was not in there if that emotional connection was not in there because you know let's be honest with ourselves camille balsamo yeah not you know she's not doing the heavy lifting when it comes to tugging on the heartstrings it's lance Henriksen. so i think if he is not in this movie it loses like i I think it then becomes like oh this is a bad movie it's much Um, more
1: forgettable it's more like Okay, that's definitely a straight-to-DVD movie. Yes.
0: Um, Now, of course, this did get a theatrical release. It made no money whatsoever, but I don't think anyone um, expected it to really uh, make any money. Um, But, yeah, and also Alec Gillis um, nominated for two Oscars uh, for uh, Best Visual Effects and Best Effects Visual Effects for um, 1993, Alien 3, actually, and everybody's favorite Paul Verhoeven movie, Starship Troopers.
1: Amazing. I love that. That's one of my, <laughs> one, that, is, that is one of my favorites. I think, and I think that film gets more prevalent every year, to be honest. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh, I, that's another thing I was thinking. My, my one final note on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, ever since COVID, you can't watch a movie like this or the thing the same way again. Cause it's all just, are you, do you have it? Are you like, are you fucking idiot? Did you bring this thing in here? And also the people who are warned, like, don't do this, don't do that. And they still do this and that. Like, you just, that, this <laughs> virus has just shifted the paradigm when it comes to, um, you're right. The way that we watch movies, especially when it comes to, you know, the who's that knocking at my door kind of, you know, setup for a film.
1: That is, that is an interesting take. Yeah. Like, you're right. Anything now is like, well, why did you, like, not wear a mask during, like, the science <laughs> because that's any film now i watch like why are you wearing a mask while you're going into this infected area even even prometheus does that where we're like we were joking like oh let's take our masks off why
0: <laughs> why yeah, no, i'm i'm good man thanks like <laughs> uh man um but anyway i, I don't any, anything else to to say about Harbinger down that's pretty much it for me yeah
1: that no that's about it for me too
0: yeah, um, but I do look forward to Harbinger White House Down. Uh, we, hopefully, you that know can... what
1: we we got we got to tweet that out. Like, yeah, both like, both of us separately, and like, if only I, if only I had a um the skills in a uh, Photoshop where I could just put like the creature in the back of White House Down, like just like coming out of the White House. And, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, can we can we tweet at um, Gerard Butler here here uh, in in live in, in live time? Ah. I'm just currently putting on. Um, on our Twitter account, Harbinger White House Down. Yes. And without context, so by the time this episode goes live, um, you can just go to our Twitter account and just see the idea for Harbinger White House Down. Because yeah. that way, if somebody makes it, we have claim for the lawsuit for uh, intellectual property yeah. infringement.
1: Yeah, and so. you know what? Just just give us you know, like ten percent of the profit, which means we'll never, so, which would means we'll yeah. never get a dime. Yeah.
0: So. which means there's no, <laughs> there's no pro- We'll just have the um, I created harbinger white house down and all i got was this t-shirt yes oh, they,
1: they won't even give us at shirt we'll have to make it ourselves <laughs>
0: that's probably true <laughs> you're not wrong about that um anyway so that has been uh harbinger down we have been the cast of cthulhu you can find us on twitter at cast cthulhu i am nolan fixes teeth james is wonka kills kids uh catch up on back episodes of cast of cthulhu at cast of cthulhu.podbean.com or go to battleship as well You can email us, of course, at moviesofmadness at gmail.com as well. Um, Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty much it for us. So um, we are done with July now. We are heading into August, and we probably should have done this in July, but it's summer. You know, it's hot outside. As we record this, it is ungodly muggy, and no one wants to go outside. I'm assuming due to climate change, August is not going to be much of a change. So we're going to – we have our eyes towards – the water towards the beach to cooling down. So you remember um, around this time last year is when we actually did the beach, um, and Jessica Scott joined us for that. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do some some beachy titles. So of course um, that means we are going to do um, the deep ones. A 2020 film: uh, A married couple rents a beachside Airbnb only to be surrounded by peculiar neighbors and occurrences. They soon discover to be in the grips of a mysterious cult and their ancient sea god. Um, so that is going to be one. And then, of course, we have, I say, of course, as though this is <laughs> almost common knowledge, yeah. um, a Brazilian film called Dark Sea. Um, the fisherman, Peroa and his assistant, Cavallo, Consado, are fishing in a boat, but they do not find any school of Brazilian fish. However, they fish in a ray and a strange creature that bites them. Uh, and basically, it is um, a lot of gnarly practical effects. This is uh, This was James' idea. Hey. I had the ones james had dark sea so uh we'll see uh which ones are um you know uh which ones you resonate with more even as we record this episode I'm like maybe we should do leviathan instead of the other ones but you know I, we've the internet is written in ink we are now doing it. We're doing the deep ones, and we are doing dark sea. That's awesome. uh, both of which, if you are curious, can be found on Tubi, a wonderful free streaming service. As long as you can sit through commercials every now and again, which is also how we watched Harbinger Down. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I mean, unless yeah, it's a good it's a good service for what it is.
0: Yeah. Unless James had I don't know some Portuguese Blu-ray that he didn't tell <laughs> no, me about. No,
1: no, no. That's just as you'll notice in the different episode, I had a German Blu-ray. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so all right. Fair enough. Yeah, so. You know, you know. All right. Well, that has been Harbinger Down. That has been the month of July. Be sure to tune in uh, next week where we'll be doing The Deep Ones. In the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia.